Welcome to God's Planning, Contemplative Preachers, Contemporary Age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic. Welcome to God's Planning. Happy Advent to everyone. I am Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. I'm the Director of Vocations for the Dominican Province of St. Joseph here in Washington, D.C. And today I am joined by Father Bonaventure Chapman. Say hi, Father. How are you? Happy Advent to everybody. I am a PhD student over at Catholic University and live with Father Jacob Bertrand. And this is our first time together doing God's Plan. Yeah, we have not been on an episode in what we started in August, so that's four months four if months. I'm correct, counting yeah. correctly. And this I tried is... for so long to avoid you, and here I am. Yeah, here we are sitting together, recording four months later, polished, ready to go, perfect. More or less. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe more on the less yeah. side, but more or less. So, yeah, so Father Bonaventure is finishing up his first semester of studies at CUA, kind of right. hanging out. You don't really do much as a grad student, I imagine, right? Not at all. Just wander around the campus and uh, make fun of undergrads. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like what I did when I was at Dartmouth as the assistant chaplain. Well, yeah, I guess you, you ran a bit too, I suppose. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe just a little. Maybe a little bit. Anyways, we're here in now the second week of Advent, which is crazy, hard to believe. The calendar keeps ticking away. Um, we wanted to talk a bit about the season of Advent, uh, what Advent is, what Advent isn't, some sort of traditional um, sort of practices liturgically otherwise that the church uh, provides for us during the season of Advent, and then perhaps some ways in which we, you, all of us can kind of dive into the season a bit more to use these weeks wisely and well uh, to prepare for the nativity, to prepare for Christmas. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. Uh, and when we, when we were thinking about, well, let's talk about Advent, of course, at least liturgically, Advent pairs, I guess, in some ways with the season of Lent as the kind of the... It's kind of an evil twin, I guess. So it's like the good guy and the bad guy in a way. Like Which Advent, is good and which is bad. Well, I think Advent's the good one, I think. I would say but so. Lent, I mean... They they're so they have the similarity to them, of course. That visually, right, the colors, purple um, uh, is the vestments that you'll see on everything for the Advent, except for one Sunday in Advent and one Sunday in Lent, where the priest gets to wear a rose or salmon or pink or bubble gum or bubble gum or whatever particular color you have. Um, it's always fun to see what the priest will be wearing for that that particular day. Um, and I think in Advent that is so it's like a rejoicing. Uh, uh, Sunday is the third Sunday of Advent. That's right. So it's coming yeah. up. And then in Lent, it's the fourth Sunday. I believe that's right. Lent, I believe. Don't um, quote us on that. Yeah. But there, so, and there's a sense both of them are preparations for a big event. Of course, Advent is preparing for Christmas, spoiler alert. And then uh, Lent is preparing for Easter. Well, and the whole, uh, the Triduum and all that. So it gets an extra week because there's more involved in preparation there. So they seem kind of similar in a way, and I think people could easily confuse the two of them and, and, of course, read them as both being Lent, which is a penitential season. But Advent isn't really supposed to be a penitential season as much as it's a season of preparation. So that's, and that's something that I didn't think about initially. I always thought, oh, what should I give up for Advent, right? And that's sort of right. kind of practice. But Advent isn't aimed at that, it seems like to me. It's aimed at a uh, more of a preparing yourself, not through penance and fasting and that sort of thing, but a mental preparation, I would say. Yeah, it has much more of a sort of anticipatory mm. feel than a penitential feel that's this a, season. That's good to um, yeah. I don't know if it's good to define things on sort of 
feelings of the season. But I, th- yeah. I think in, in some way, the way the church, the way the church conveys the season, the way the church, particularly in the in, in the liturgies, particularly at Mass, right, with the readings in, in the Old Testament from the Old Testament prophets, it's all um, we're reminded of all, of all of the prophecies that foretell the coming of the Savior. Um, there, there isn't really the sackcloth and ashes mm-hmm. kind of reading or readings or, um, you know, during Lent, you have the, the readings from the Gospels on prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. We don't have that in Advent. Advent much more focuses on on the virgin, on the virgin birth, on the coming Messiah. You can think of the Isaiah prophecies of, you know, where, where Christ is called the Wonder Counselor, the Prince of Peace. These these sort of images are, are put before us to prepare for the coming of Christ. I like the anticipation model because in a sense in Lent you're not anticipate you're anticipating the cross but not the resurrection so that's like a surprise event in a way so the readings don't talk about that much uh, they talk more about the, the crucifixion the passion all that and the resurrection is supposed to be this kind of big surprise event the reversal whereas in as you say the readings during advent the preparations like we already know in a sense what's going to happen and we're, and we're meant the whole time like we're supposed to see we would be surprised if christ didn't come of course it is surprising to the jews at that time and sure and the prophecies but there's in a sense in which it's exactly what's to be expected and that's what we've been doing right you know so there's a continuity between Christmas and Advent in a way that there's not the same continuity between Easter Sunday and Lent uh, and, and the passion and presentation before yeah. that and you even have in the in the two seasons or I guess we're talking about four seasons right if you're talking about Lent Easter Advent Christmas yeah, right. pairing but those two pairings you have the, the play um, both in in the liturgical readings and the readings at mass, in the way the church teaches about um, Christ's salvation and, and, and the incarnation, uh, but you have the play between light and dark mm. in both. Yeah, you know, right. and the darkness of sin and, and sort of the penitential nature of Lent, but then the light of the resurrection. Think of you know the the Easter vigil where we start in the darkness and and the light of Christ kind of fills the church, and then the church is lit at the Gloria completely, and you have all of this. But you you even have a sense of that in um, in Advent, sort of the darkness the quietness, the stillness of, of winter, that anticipation, and then you have the star that, that mm. shines over the over the manger scene that draws the shepherds and the kings and everybody to come adore the Lord. But as, as you were kind of saying, the the Lent Easter there's a huge kind of switch into the into the season of light, into the re- mm-hmm. the light of the resurrection. Where here it's much more kind of gradual. Christ the the, the nativity Christmas is almost it, it almost kind of happens without a lot of pomp and circumstance at least you know if we're looking at the historical uh reality there yeah it's i mean in a sense maybe to use an analogy with the light one in the in the easter vigil you go from kind of total darkness to lights flip on and everything there's lots of bells and screaming and such whereas <laughs> i don't know what easter vigils you've been to it's well it's, it's a sort of liturgical uh, oddity i would say um in some places try it at your parish at home um but the in in Advent, of course, it's more like a light switch, like the di- with the dimmer thing. It's kind of gr- gradually ratcheting up. As you say, it's uh, it's not the. I mean, the incarnation, of course, which it's celebrated, is in a sense the the big event yeah. of of Christ's life. Um, but for us and our salvation, it's not the big event. It's like it's just getting started at that point. So you're moving. So it is it is different in that way. And I think it's as you say, it's it's less. I don't know. There's less pomp and circumstance to it, and. There's less celebration around in a way, at least liturgically, um, although they both get kind of eight days. Yeah, they both have an octave. They both have an octave Mm -hmm. to celebrate with them. Um, But it seems like the Easter, yeah, I don't know what. I think it has something to do with the cultural background and stuff, which I think we want to get into about about that, why it doesn't seem so so dramatic. Um, Yeah. 
one of there there before before diving into sort of cultural mm-hmm. considerations or you know whatever you know shopping Melu. Black Friday that that just passed everybody's getting ready for Christmas Christmas decorations and CVS for the last six months you know it's mm-hmm. great creep Perfect. it up oh yeah yeah um, Christmas in July is going to be real pretty soon like yeah. it's just going to mm-hmm. be Christmas in July it's going to start right. in July it's like political it's campaigning four years ahead of time awful. Anywho, uh, there there are a couple uh, things that we wanted to kind of make mention of that I think uh, have perhaps had more popularity in the tradition and in people's sort of observance and in their spiritual life during the season of Advent, perhaps in the past, maybe less so in mm-hmm. you know the last couple of generations of, of sort of the Catholic mind or Catholic spirituality. And the first of those that we might not, you might not, Father Bonaventure, I don't know, might not have originally thought that or initially thought of as being Advent, but the the four last things. Mm. Um, in my mind, before I entered the order, I, I had, I guess, some idea of what the four last things were of death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Um, but I never, certainly never associated them with Advent. Mm-hmm. Um Perhaps to my shame, perhaps, you know, but it just like that never growing up thinking of the four last things was never a sort of culturally Catholic thing in my family. And I don't think is in, in most. So I, I don't know. Maybe it was for you. Yeah. Well, I, we had instead of Advent calendars, in, or in Advent calendars, instead of chocolate in them, I should say, we had like a small animal that was dead every day. My mother put a new one in there. So death, heaven and hell were always a part of that. That's not true. No, it's not true That's at all. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. You no, know, it never occurred to me the four last things that these, these, you know, death, judgment, heaven, and hell were associated with Advent. But once you start to think about it, it's it's perfectly fitting and seems yeah. totally reasonable because we're in Advent, we're celebrating the coming of Christ, and of course, he gets to come twice. You know, he's going to come again at the end of time. So right. the, the first Advent and then the second Advent. So it was not a practice, like I said. We had well. Well, like I kind of said, um, we had chocolate advent calendars. As things. did we. Yeah, yeah but certainly no, no dead animals. Yeah, no dead animals or like set us up on fire and things. Or, yeah. You know, whatever. I mean, I don't know how you would. Maybe we could talk about the practical stuff about if anyone has ideas or what they, what people, how they want to celebrate heaven, hell, judgment, and death with advent calendars. But for now, no, it's clearly something we, we didn't celebrate. But it's a beautiful way of, again, preparing on these themes that the church tradition had on there. Yeah, I think I think they they pair well, or they they have fit. I shouldn't like say pair line, well, but they kind of pairing. yeah. It's like oh, this is fishing, nice after line, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they fit well into the season of Advent because mm. the coming of Christ is primarily is is primarily about our salvation. Yeah, um, and it does in some way usher in the the sort of anticipation now of the end times. Yeah. So here's he here's the again. Messiah. Here's the Savior. Um, prepare you know prepare yes now for this coming for his incarnation but um we you know we know that he as father bonaventure is explaining that he will come again and that uh that these death judgment heaven and hell are are before us um they they in some sense we're gonna go through three of the four yes so it's like the sacraments right you can get you can get six out of the seven sacraments generally, because you kind of, there's like a, a road diverges at mm-hmm. ordination versus marriage. Yeah. Um, this, you know, in mm-hmm. the same way here, like you, everyone's going to get, well, most people are going to get death in, until he comes and then people just be caught yeah. in the clouds. See, Father Bonaventure were teaching a sacraments course, so it's not like a, a lesson in like Pokemon Go and trying to collect. Collect them all. Collect them all. Or yeah. six of them. So um, let's take a minute at least 
you know, we, t- we mentioned the four, mm-hmm. death, judgment, heaven, hell. Yeah. Uh, let's take a minute on maybe just talk through them, how, yeah. the, how they fit individually. We talked about collectively, but individually, um, death. How, why, why the season of Advent and, and sort of, why, why does this season invite us to, to contemplate, to pray about death? It's strange to think about because, of course, the season of Advent, you're getting ready to prepare for birth. Right, you're getting ready to prepare for the birth of of the Messiah of a small child, and usually when you see small children, you don't think about death and the Grim Reaper. Right, and yet that's what the Advent uh, season is about, and I think it's because there's no way that we will be reborn into the kingdom without some sort of death. Like we're all going to experience this, just as in the same way that we were all born, um, we will all die. Yeah, and that's and again, as 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 you mentioned, um, the reason why Jesus comes to be born as a baby is that he can save us from our sins. And one of the punishments for sin is death from the garden. So it's something that we're all, I mean, Mary was exempt from this, I suppose, or in, in some fashion. Uh, but we're, as we are, we are, as far as, unless you're one of those lucky few, when the trumpet blasts and Jesus comes back right. and we're still alive, uh, everyone's going to experience this sort of thing. Right. And, and this, we even see the, like the, in the tradition in the fathers of the church, when they talk about the nativity, the wood of the manger sort of foreshadows the wood of the cross. Mm-hmm. So Christ is laid in this wooden manger and on which he will be, uh, you know, nailed to the wood of a tree later yeah, on. Probably not the same wood, but probably not the same wood, but didn't foreshadows. Like around yeah, like a right. diploma or something. Uh, Use exactly. this, you know, that kind of thing. But even in the church's liturgy, in the octave of Christmas, mm-hmm. the, the first couple of days we celebrate the feast days of yeah. t- martyrs, martyrs right away. St. Exactly. Stephen, the Holy Innocents, right away that the church turns, turns to, 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 to death. martyrdom. And martyrdom. Yeah, that's um, right. So why don't we take a few minutes break here? We will depart from uh, the four last things to return to the three last things, having chatted about one. A little uh, bit, yeah. Death leads to the other three. So That's right. we will be right back with you all. This is God's Planning. Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash godsplaining. And we are back. And we didn't die. We did not die. We are still here. We were talking about Advent, the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. We just finished spending a couple minutes thinking about how death in the season of Advent relates. So I just want to say one more thing about that is oh, yeah. we don't we live in a society, I think, that denies death. Ernst Becker wrote this great book called The Denial of Death. And so we don't think about this much, but it was the tradition, the Ars Morendi of the church to think about and prepare for a good death. And the Hail Mary has this at the end of it. Of course, good death to pray to St. Joseph for a good death. St. Faustina's and for it's very important, the, the chaplet. So preparing yourself for your death, not as like this thing to be ignored and forgotten about and snowed over with drugs or something, but as something that you accept and therefore hand on your spirit to God, uh, commend your spirit to him is a beautiful way to prepare t- for his coming in salvation. So just the just as a little plug to mm. think about death more. It's it's very Christmas so tied. Well, it's salubrious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely right. But then death, you don't just die and everything's good to go, right? Because well, then there's there's second last thing. Second last thing. Judgment. When we will have our particular judgment yeah. at, at death, um, kind of could be kind of scary uh there's a lot of unknown there this is where you get the language about like all secrets will be revealed and scream the house and you just get the sense of oh my gosh every single thought i've had is now gonna be like simulcast in a giant stadium of souls as we look at this sort of thing probably not that way Um, but yeah i hope not i don't think that's it um but then again at the same point 
ideally we'll be so detached and understanding and loving uh, of each other that we won't be worried about like the kind of social hierarchy up and down like oh you did better in this and you did better in yeah. this and that well you rejoice i mean the primary thing is to rejoice in, in seeing god in the beatific vision but also in rejoicing in the salvation of those with whom you are in heaven yeah. uh, is the primary sort of thing and as c.s um, lewis always said there will be surprises you know, Does he say that? He says that. You'll be surprised that people you thought here were actually in great shape were actually, that was just due to like good digestion, that they were nice people. And the people that were kind of nasty, they were actually f- working with grace a lot more. And just they yeah. had, were, So be, there'll be surprises that masks will be taken off, which I like as a, an image. Yeah, well, I mean, one of, the, one of the core tenets of the spiritual life, especially, you know, in the church where there's such a communal dimension of, of worshiping together and praying together that is that we don't, you know, it's always a dangerous thing to judge, like, the state of somebody else, you know, the spiritual state of somebody else. You yeah. just simply don't know. And of yeah. course, who are we to judge? Yeah. I wouldn't put, go that far, but yeah, perhaps enough. another podcast. <laughs> uh, perhaps another podcast. Death, judgment. Judgment. Either salvation, God willing, or damnation, yeah. God forbid. Um, purgatory, probably for most, for a lot of people. You know, I don't want to deny God's mercy, and but, you know, we seem to be attached to things for a long time. So Now, there's a good point. Notice that it's not the five last things. That's the four last things. Sure. Death, judgment, heaven and hell, but no purgatory. Which is, I think to most people when you start thinking about it, that's strange. Obviously, purgatory is, is a different state and that should have its kind of thing. But It's not an end. Exactly. I think most people, this is like, at least when I, when I work with Protestants um, and talk to Protestants about this, they think that there's three ends. But purgatory is, is not an end. It's yeah. the purification to the one of the other two. Yep. Well, Toward the first to one. one. Yeah, the yeah, souls only, in purgatory are going to heaven. They're kind they're of included on, in heaven. Being prepared. Yeah, that's for right. Heaven. Yeah. Um, yeah, so four last things death, judgment. Yeah, the judgment. Oh, and there's, yeah, the heaven, so particular and hell. The, particular judgment, and then the general judgment, of course, when everyone's, all things are revealed, which is a, a, a solace because a lot of things in this world don't seem to make sense. Uh, and we ask questions like, why did this happen? This sort of thing. And um, in, a, in a way, however that works out, and I don't think it has to be like, oh, this flea, when this fell, flea fell on this place here and sort of thing. But the things that didn't make sense in our lives will be revealed and God's justice will be vindicated. Not in the sense of like evildoers being punished, but also the, the trials and the disappointments and the things that we just don't understand. Those will be revealed in the in light. So the judgment is in a sense also a justice of God as well as our, ju- our own judgment. So it's not just about us and being punished or being accepted, of course, that's all by grace, but also a revelation of, right. of justice. Yeah, so add the, the weeks of Advent, I mean, this year we're cut a little short. We don't mm. have the four full weeks, just the yeah. way the calendar falls. But the weeks of Advent are really, um, yeah, a good time to prepare uh, in this way, to consider not just like the shopping and the Christmas parties or the Advent parties, whatever people are doing, and the music, and all, but like to consider seriously in 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 light of the incarnation, in light of the nativity, uh, what that does for us, what he does for us. I mean, he comes to save us, but that salvation includes uh, the path through these four or three, you know, yeah. four last things. Uh, and to meditate on that is is a, a helpful and, I think, good practice yeah. of, of the season. And, of course, the maybe we could talk about the difference here, but the third week is third uh, four, third of the four last things is heaven, which of course, what do you say when someone asks you what, what what's heaven like? What do you what do you say? What do I say? Yeah, I, t- I 
it depends. Well, it depends who's asking in what context, of yeah. course. But I, I mean, heaven is complete fulfillment and complete happiness, beholding the face of God, mm-hmm. worshiping Him um, with with the company of saints, and completely lacking nothing. Sounds uh, boring. It's uh, maybe I don't. That doesn't sound boring to me, but maybe it sounds uh-huh. boring to you, Father. Uh oh. Yeah, dangerous. <laughs> this is why I've been so important to think about. But the other one, but yeah, heaven. I mean. It's funny that we don't get a lot of insight into heaven. And we have images of, of course, the new kingdom, the new heavens, the new earth, and the, the, there'll be no need for the sun because the Lord will be the light, and, and all of this. The new Jerusalem, uh, undying, this sort of thing. But it's all very shadowy. Now, some, of course, the mystics sometimes have some insights mm, into this as well. That's true. But I, I think this is this area where our images are projections where we have like floating around on clouds and playing harps and things and people think oh yeah that is kind of boring well because we just don't know we know what will be true is there'll be full fulfillment and united in pure love and an activity of pure love knowing and loving god who we're made to made to right. know and love but exactly how that goes and how many rocks will be there it's just difficult to say yeah, you can't really say yeah say much more and the same kind of with hell i mean hell is the opposite that that complete lacking of god of, in in life and of course we have like the hellfire and brimstone and that sort of thing yeah, and the true. suffering and the pain but like that's, you can only say so much that's funny about that seems, what it is. yeah maybe it's because of dante or something that we all read the inferno but no one read the paradiso that um we we wonder it, it seems Hell seems to be more visible to me and more like I could actually talk about that more. But it shouldn't. It's the same. I think it's a, it's a similar thing. Now, meditating in hell is that this is, of course, for the Jesuits. This is the first week of the spiritual exercise is that mm. you're to I've never med- gone through them. I didn't to know meditate. That. Well, you know, um, to meditate on hell. Uh, that's where it starts here it's, in Advent. It's where it ends. But w- what do you think the importance of meditating? I mean, should we? Isn't that kind of scary and makes it? Hey, doesn't that kind of make it feel like we're treating God as like a punishing person, uh, a judge of ours that we need to like be nice to, otherwise he'll throw us into fire? Like, how is that helpful at the end of? Yeah, well, it, well, it's helpful. It's not helpful if you think of hell simply in a vacuum as as something wholly unrelated to, or something that exists on its own without sort mm. of relation to all other things. And what I mean by that is that hell makes sense only when you. Um, when you understand what is on offer and what God, mm-hmm. what God has done in creating us and recreating us in His grace, uh, the the whole notion of of damnation, um, of being separated from that, uh, doesn't come from a God who because God hates, yeah. but because people have turned from that because we don't love. Yeah. So I think a meditation on hell is is far uh, to be f- far less focused on sort of like an angry mean God, which just yeah. isn't true, which just isn't real, yeah. but on the ways in which our actions and our freedom can separate us from God. That doesn't lead to a sort of self-punishing and self-loathing, but perhaps more importantly, the recognition of our need for God's mercy. Um, And and the the great gift that the nativity, that Christ's coming and later his sacrifice on the cross really is. Um, I think there's something to be said too for a bit of sort of, um, you know, having at least starting off when we're beginning in virtue in the life of virtue and turning from sin to sort of fear of punishment but that's mm-hmm. not where our relationship with god ends that's not the fullness of our relationship oh. with our lord no and it's a, and i think it is an, in a day and age where we don't think much about hell and the possibility of damnation it's real like it's it's more possible than you getting a pony at christmas 
Um, so, <laughs> you know, that's just not going to happen. But hell is possible. Like, it could happen, right? Ponies aren't going to happen. But that that could happen. So not to think, like, then freak out about that, but to be reminded of, of the grace and the fact that, yeah, our salvation depends on him alone and to be grateful for that and to be aware that that hell is possible, that, it, that we can refuse love, strangely enough, in its own mysteries involved in this way. So that's salubrious to think about even if you don't get a pony. Yeah, especially if you don't get a pony. Yeah. Because I think people get upset about not getting ponies. People get yeah, upset. And well, they're going to be in heaven. Probably not, right? Probably not. No ponies there either. No one's getting ponies anytime soon. Wow. That's dark, Father. That's dark. Here we are in darkness. <laughs> in Advent. Yeah. Yeah. So the four last things, Advent, death, judgment, heaven, hell. Uh, as Father Bonaventure said a couple of times, um, good to meditate on, uh, not just during Advent, but particularly during Advent when the church... And her and uh, prepares us for the coming of Christ. In both, what is yeah. and, and for then what and, is he coming in the future? Right, exactly. Now and at the second coming, why is he coming? What is he coming for? How is he coming to save us? I like, think, oh yeah, go ahead. Um, so as we're kind of ending, heading towards conclusion here, it's worth thinking about. One is strange to think about the four last things, but in another way, it's even stranger today to actually celebrate Advent. Because when you tell people it's Advent, they probably don't, other than the Advent calendars, right? Everyone knows mm-hmm. about Advent calendars, little chocolate things you get or whatever little, little you know, tricks you have with the family. Um, Precisely. <laughs> um, in any case, but other than that, people don't really know because we start, as Father Jacob Bertrand mentioned, we start Christmas roughly around October 15th or something. And that makes it really hard to celebrate this particular season because you're inundated with the messages of Christmas and the gifts and all this sort of thing. Now, thankfully, Advent is not as separate as East as Easter and Lent is. So let's imagine if it was like Easter and everyone was starting to celebrate Easter by talking about the resurrection in like February. Singing Alleluia. Yeah, it'd yeah. be weird, right? We don't do that. So that's, that's, But for us, we do do this Christmas thing already so early. So there are these like difficulties about celebrating. That's not to say like, you know, you should tell your friends I'm not listening to Christmas music before Christmas, you know, and you shouldn't do that. But they, there are like... There's a tendency to just run over this season, I think. Does that make do you agree? Yeah, with that? No, I know. I, I do entirely, especially with decorations and shopping and all this. And I mean, I think all of us grew up with that. Yes. And I, yes. and if, and we you know, love I, it. We do. I'm not condemning it and that sort of thing. I don't think we have to approach uh, these sorts of things as a, with a condemnatory woe is them, woe is society. Yeah. And there are a lot of Culture things. Wars yeah, kind of type mentality. thing. I mean, I think we can have. We can, we can approach it with this sort of down the middle of the road as all as all sort of virtuous action is, you know, that, that think about heaven and hell and decorate your home. There, there's a decision to be made, um, I guess, in our own approach to life, to, to life during Advent is to, to what kind of rules and what kind of defines uh, the way in which we celebrate and live the season. Is it from a sort of Catholic liturgical perspective mm-hmm. or is it from a sort of the insanity of kind of the the secular culture mm. perspective. Yeah, uh, I think we can partake of sort of the insanity and the excitement and the sort of anticipation of Christmas that mm-hmm. sort of society kind of throws at us with the decorations and the music and you know everything that probably starts too soon. But I think we can. I think it's quite okay to have your Christmas tree up a couple weeks before Christmas. There's mm-hmm. but what like I was saying, what is giving the de, the de sort of defining character? Is it yeah. sort of kind of following the rhythm of the church and living in that and taking time to prepare 
spiritually uh, in your relationship with Christ to prepare to receive him? Or is it all about throwing, you know, the best ugly sweater party, uh, mm-hmm. which I have to go to one this year. Which is which another is chance. Crazy. Wow. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is another chance to think about hell. Um, uh, an ugly just, sweater party. <laughs> yeah. There's just lots of. <laughs> It turns out there's that that's easy one to think about. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, my my mother hosts a, a Christmas caroling party around you know in, in December, oh and yeah? I will be happening. I will be visiting my family this year before Christmas. Oh. And my sister has has said that it's an ugly party? sweater party. Um, do you have an ugly sweater? I do. Actually, I, I did get an ugly sweater. Wow! Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know if it'll be like hell, but it'll be interesting. No. I think it'll be fun. It's sort of death of fashion, perhaps. I would um, wear a 13th century habit. That's true. Mm. But it's, it is nice, though. That's true. Say. Also true. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. Well, that's one way to prepare for the, for the uh, coming of Christ is by ugly sweaters. Other ways are, of course, having calendars. But then the thing we talked about is thinking about the four last things and just telling yourself, when you say, I'm thinking about Christmas again, and then just say, check in, you know, if I thought about death, heaven, hell, judgment, or just the fact that Christ is going to come, the fact that he's going to come again into, in, into our own lives uh, in the season, of course, and, and then at the end of time when we are called to account and when we'll receive our, hopefully, uh, by God's mercy and grace, our eternal reward. Which is the greatest gift and much better than the pony that you could possibly get. We were poo-pooing that earlier. Mm. But in a sense, we're all going to receive eternal ponies. Wow, that's awful. Not the best way to think about heaven. But with that, we will wish you a happy Advent. Mm. Uh, We will assure you of our prayers uh, as the nativity, as Christmas quickly comes upon us. Please pray for us. Uh, Share Godsplaining with your friends, family. Perhaps it's a great Advent gift to someone, you know? Uh, Another chance to think about hell. That's right. (laughs) There you have it. All right. Well, from the Dominican House of Studies, Father Jacob Bertrand, Father Bonaventure, we will say goodbye to you all. God bless. Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph. Visit us at opeast.org.